back in the corral to talk about the Oklahoma State Cowboys and Cowgirls. Garen Emig, the Tulsa World Sports columnist, one of them anyway, along with Eli Letterman, the one and only beat writer covering OSU for us. Doing a great job, as always, with uh, many interesting things to, uh, to read, uh, for him to write, for us to read. We'll get into that uh, between now and the end of the show. Uh, thank you very much for tuning in on TulsaWorld.com. Thank you very much for listening. If you're catching this in audio podcast form uh, via Google, Apple, or Spotify. Let's uh, start fresh off the, uh, the the pages of the Friday Tulsa World, Eli, and uh, review what you learned from Malcolm Rodriguez as uh, three Oklahoma State Cowboys prepare to go to work at the NFL Combine up in Indianapolis. Uh, catch us up on what Malcolm has been up to. Yeah, no, missed you last week, Darren. But, uh, you know, I spoke to, to Malcolm Rodriguez, who was out in Arizona up until this week, where now he's in Indianapolis at the NFL Scouting Combine. And what I learned is that Malcolm, Devin Harper, and Kobe Harville Peel, they never left Arizona. We all went out there around Christmas for the, for the, uh, for the Fiesta Bowl, and those guys just stayed. They hung back there. Um, so I, I spoke to Malcolm. We were getting that chilly weather here. We were frozen over and he had his feet kicked up at, at his apartment complex in, uh, in Phoenix. So he's been working out there with a few guys, and, and uh, he's at the Combine now, and he'll go tomorrow, Saturday, with, with the other linebackers. The big thing for him, I mean, there's, there's really two questions hanging over his head um, as far as NFL scouts go. It's his size and his speed. Mm-hmm. And one of those things he can only do so much about. Uh, I wish I was taller. I think he does too. Uh, but he can work on his speed. And that's what he's done the past month. And he was telling me about kind of going back to his track and field days from Wagner. He did a season of that uh, with the Bulldogs. And, and that's what he's hanging his hat on this week. He feels like he can go to Indianapolis and, and show something. Uh, with his 40 time, with some of the agility workouts. And, and he'll get another chance with the pro day here. It's expected on March 24th. Uh, but I think, you know, that combine is, you're, you're there for a reason. The entire football world is there. So this is his his shot. Um, and it's a, it's a chance as well for Jalen Warren, who's going today on Friday with the running backs and Colby Harvell Peel on Sunday. Uh, this is a chance for, you know, three of, of maybe the more uh, NFL ready NFL caliber Cowboys to, to show themselves on a national stage. Um, and I, I'll say, I think some of us were surprised. Malcolm also surprised that the likes of Devin Harper, Tay Martin, yeah. Josh Sills maybe didn't get there. Uh, but all of those guys should get their shot here in Stillwater in a few weeks. No, the one nugget that I, I was interested to, to read was his comparison of the Wonderlick to an SAT, right, in high school, the, where you yeah. take it four or five times, and then you, by the end of, the, of that run, you, you hope to have some kind of a mastery of it. Um, I think that's, that's what we, we consider that a, a necessary. I think what we've learned is that that's a necessary evil, and you even uh, included a note that some NFL teams don't even see it as necessary yeah. any longer, and yet it, it is on the table and therefore, it must be dealt with. And I thought that was an interesting uh, way to put it on, on Malcolm's behalf. Yeah, I mean, he said, he said he took the ACT about five times. I think he and I would have been taking it around the same time. And I, our approaches were the same, which was just wasn't let's figure this out. It was let's do it enough times that yeah. <laughs> you just kind of memorize it. It sticks and, and you get on with it. And uh, but that was an interesting thing. And it's an interesting thing. I think the whole draft prep process is a lot bigger than everybody thinks. I mean, these facilities, right. that, you know, I think Exos where he was, that runs you $15,000, $20,000. And I don't know how that works through an agent, 
but you're getting more than a workout space. You're getting dietitians, you're getting weight rooms, you're around some of the best prospects in the country, and they're putting you more than physical tests. They're doing draft prep interviews. They're putting you through mock wonderlicks, and it, it, it really is a, a fascinating business. It's a whole lot bigger than just these guys showing up to the combine one week and, and seeing if they can get, you know, catch the eyes of an NFL scout. OSU's pro day is later this month, right? What's expected to be the 24th. 24th. Do we have any idea about spring practice for the, uh, the current OSU team? Well, there's nothing officially official from the program. Derek Mason did us the service the other night of tweeting out a schedule, but it sounds like March 22nd is, and that was the date we'd heard in the coming weeks. So they have not released their official full slate and the whole thing, but sounds like March 22nd should be the, the first day of spring practice. It's right around OU, I think, but it might even be the same day. Uh, and then pro day with Malcolm, Jalen Warren, Colby Harvell Peel, and then, you know, I'm sure a whole host of those other guys who aren't at the Combine um, here in Stillwater that day. I have actually a piece of news uh, based on it, it happened, happened by it accidentally. I was in Oklahoma City yesterday to talk to R.W. McWhorters, the former OSU star who uh, played eight years, eight, eight, I think it was, eight in the NFL, Booker T. Washington legend from the mid-90s, of course. Um, and he told me that Rylan, his son, who plays a lot like, or when, when Rylan was at Booker T. just a few years ago, he reminded a lot of viewers uh, observers of, of his dad, R.W., after being in uh, at the JUCO level, he's he has uh, popped up at OSU and will yeah. be a part of the program. It's uh, it was a couple Hornets, you and yes, you and it up. I will keep very good tabs. I told R.W. if I I promise to keep an eye out for him when he isn't. <laughs> when I say, whoa, was that a, that a critter? That, was that a critter that just made made her debut? <laughs> on the OSU vidcast, I'd say that's debut. That would be, uh, yeah, that would be um, be interesting. I think that was a cat. You, I, I saw it. You did. <laughs> <laughs> that's trick. That's Trixie, the uh, one of the Emic family pets, ladies and gentlemen. She'll oh. be sounding off occasionally as well. Especially she doesn't like anything that Mike Gundy has has done. Um, all right, I'll, we'll talk about RW again in a little bit. I, I did want to go back to the current calendar. Um, and get to basketball. The Cowboys are done as of tomorrow. We're talking on Friday. Uh, they are hosting Texas Tech, and your focus in the uh, the story you're putting together is Isaac Likely, correct? Yeah, um, spoke with him on Monday, and it, it sort of his senior day is, is one of these, and maybe it's a surprise, one of those senior days where you're wondering if we're going to be watching another Isaac Likely senior day next year. Because on Monday, he, he left the door open once again on, yeah. on whether he's going to come back, said – you know, he said he hasn't given it almost any thought. Um, he sees the pros of maybe coming back. There could be another degree in store for him. But obviously, the Cowboys should be postseason eligible next season. Uh, so, so there's that. But it kind of goes against the line that he maintained preseason and for the early parts of the season. And, and so I do – I would still maybe lean in my gut that this is it for him. But his senior day tomorrow comes with that question hanging in the air. And um, I'll be writing today a little bit about um, – I guess, you know, in the purest form, the, the people who believed in him. We write so many stories or so many stories get written. Yeah. A lot of times a little overplayed about the athletes, but nobody who believed in them. Isaac Likely's story is is one about all the people who did believe in, in him to get him here and kind of how he's recognized that and what he'd like to do in the future whenever his playing days are over. Uh, so I've gotten to speak with his family, with his high school coaches, yeah. middle school coach, and he had a pretty 
cool artifact from an eighth grade Isaac likely that you'll be able to find on, on the pages of the friendly uh, neighborhood Tulsa world. We'll be sure to check that out. He's an interesting guy on an interesting team, right? I mean, there are sure. a lot of uh, a lot of good what we what we like to well we that's what, literally what they do when we talk to them is they talk to us. We call them good talkers. You know, it's not just players, but but how they express themselves. And I've I've always gotten uh, I've had a lot of admiration for um, the guys that Mike Boynton has brought to the program, not just as players, of course, but the guys who are willing and open about expressing themselves, and and likely certainly falls. In that vein, um, I'll be curious what, what kind of response we get. Uh, I'll be joining you at the game tomorrow, Eli. I'll be curious to, to find out how players and, and Boynton approach the postseason. Dude, I, I assume they're going to – my guess is they're going to say they're not going to pay much attention to it. Mm-hmm. And then my guess is that they actually will when it comes down to it. Would that be – That probably seems accurate. But I think in the nearer term, even, it's just – it bears wondering what tomorrow is going to look like. Uh, again, this finale – uh, this is the 30th game they've played, and it's probably the 30th time I'll go into a game this season wondering what Oklahoma State team we're going to see. Yeah. Uh, and they've got, you know, the 12th-ranked Red Raiders coming in. But I think a chance to go 500 and finish that way would, would be quite a, a way to go. But I, I think I side with you on the whole that, that I'm sure the attitude will will be to, to stiff-arm the postseason and watching. But knowing simply just how t- – I've talk basketball with these guys all year they love to watch, sit back and watch basketball when they're sure. playing it and I think it's going to be hard to stay away then that by the way it's still Oklahoma State fans and I've, I've I've heard a few of them just driving around Tulsa this week on Sports Talk Radio uh miffed that there is no Big 12 tournament at least uh as I understand and, and again being places sometimes you run into folks you don't expect to see I talked to a couple of OSU um athletic officials at that Hall of Fame lunch in which uh, R.W. was a part, as, as well as Leroy Smith from the the, uh, the Smith fam- wrestling dynasty. Uh, there were a couple of OSU officials in attendance, and the, the word I got from them was the language of the ruling made it pretty clear that there was no opportunity for OSU to play in the Big 12 basketball tournament. There was uh, there might have been a statement at one time from Bob Bullsby that they think, or maybe out of out of uh, from the, the program in Stillwater. I, I can't remember which, Eli, but the, gave fans hope that there might be an avenue for the school to pursue. But I, I don't think that was ever in the cards, at least as I understand it, for, for what it's worth. Yeah, that was that came the day of, or I guess the decision arrived November 2nd. We learned about it on the 3rd. And that day, Bob Bowlesby released a statement, you know, saying that, you know, current conference bylaws say this, that a team banned from the postseason by the NCAA can't, can't play an arm tournament, but that they'd consider it in extraordinary circumstances. And so that did open the door and maybe delivered, I think, some false hope because on the whole, what they cited was was what they had the day the day they released that statement. They looked at the, the NCAA ruling and, and basically made the call off of that. Um, and, and so there's probably plenty of folks who, who feel that would be harsh. I, I think the conversation might be different if, if it was a 20 and 10 Oklahoma State team and not right now 14 and 15 group um but they close it out here tomorrow and i i think you know i've, I've gone on the radio all week been writing all week about this group and the fact that they're here i think with a chance to go 500 tomorrow having just gone on the road to beat an iowa state team that that has postseason aspirations it's about as well as it could have gone and, and a credit to this group that they've they've hung on because as much yep. as you could look at it and say man maybe they'd be 20 and 10 and you know go into the postseason they could very easily be 10 and 20 uh, and, and the wheels really could have come off. And I think there was a point 
not that long ago where we thought the wheels might come off that Mike Boynton press conference after Florida, um, where he just, yeah, I mean, he told it to us, but he was talking to his players, telling them to, to let this go and, and make something out of this last month. And, uh, the, the wins and losses maybe haven't been, um, you know, that record hasn't been the prettiest, but they've, they've certainly done that. So I think it's been a strong finish for the Cowboys. I mentioned Leroy Smith. That should be a segue into uh, Big 12 wrestling. That's in Tulsa, uh, down at the BOK Center all weekend, uh, where John Smith has to get the Cowboys in position to defend their, their annual title. You know, it's interesting. I did one of, one of these episodes with Bill Haston, uh, fellow columnist and, and friend of the show's. And uh, without even getting into uh, details as to, you know, the setup of the tournament, I think they were just announcing seeds at the time. We sort of hit it and then passed by it because it's such a given that OSU is going to win the thing. Right. And so we called it sort of uh, uh, pro standard operating procedure, I think, for lack of a better term. But the more you look at it, <laughs> the more you do review uh, OSU season. And wrestling, let wrestling listeners know this uh, already. This is for those of us who just don't hit the sport as hard as, as they should. This isn't standard operating procedure this weekend for the, for the OSU wrestling program. They are uh, up against it in terms of defending their, their, their annual title. Yeah, no, there, there's, this is probably, it's, it's nine straight years they've gone. Uh, has it been in Tulsa all those nine years? Most of them. Wherever it's been, if not, if not almost, I think close. Well, here's the thing: it hasn't mattered where they've done it. Oklahoma State has, for the last yeah. time, gone down there and at least come away with a share of the title, and they're very aware of that. The rest of the conference is very aware of that, and everyone's aware that this year it's it's not that same given. Uh, I, I I think depends on what you look at, but they go here as is not the prohibitive favorite. Uh, Iowa State is right there at the very top of the conference. And that's one thing John Smith spoke to this week, that any, any thinks it's a healthy thing. The conference itself has gotten a lot better. And that's that's one piece of the, the equation this weekend mm -hmm. as to why the Cowboys are not favorites. But the other end of it is that this season has been, um, you know, a relative, and it's a, that's an important term, relative, because I think a lot of wrestling programs around the country would kill to be in the spot uh, that the Cowboys are in, 12 and four. That's a good record. But John Smith said this week, they hold themselves to a higher standard than this year. Right. Uh, losing AJ Ferrari in, in January, they've had a few other injuries, and they're just not, at least on the team level, at that same um, caliber. And it's going to take, you know, I think John Smith called it some crazy work for them to, to go there this weekend and, and make it 10, which makes it all the more compelling. Uh, and, and you do have some individuals. I mean, Dustin Plott, Dayton Fix, those are guys individually who, A, can, can get some individual titles, but really – are going to not just need to win. You know, it's not, I don't think it'll be enough for them as a team for Dayton Fix to win. He needs to rack up bonus points and dominate to make up for kind of what they're lacking in some of those other spots. And uh, so maybe one of the more interesting weekends of, of wrestling in Tulsa in first weekend of March that we've had in a while. Is it time to start giving the baseball program a little bit more airtime? Uh, air I think so. Uh, <laughs> it's funny. It was last weekend here. We're coming right out of the freeze and you get one game canceled, the next game canceled, and it yeah. just felt like their season was just start, stop, start, stop. Uh, but each of their last three games, I mean, they've won four straight. Each of the last three, they've been the come-from-behind come Cowboys. Uh, they scored four runs in the ninth and, and another in the tenth to beat Wright State on Sunday night, sweep that doubleheader. And then they went to the desert and, and played Arizona State uh, and two days in a row came from behind on, on Wednesday. It was seven RBI from Caden Trenkel. And 
Now they come home six and two, fourth in the country. It's probably about as good a start as you could have asked for if you were uh, Josh Holiday. Very cool. Uh, you put the, uh, the plug in for your likely story that's coming up. Uh, before we get out of here, I'll go ahead and, and, and uh, shamelessly do the same for uh, the McQuarters column that, that I'm that I uh, am putting on the shelf until I think early next week. Had a really nice chat with him in Oklahoma City yesterday. He looks, uh, he's, I think he said he was 46, 45 maybe. He looks early 30s, man. He is fit still. Um, and uh, he, it was, it was really cool to see him humbled by, uh, it wasn't enshrined. That'll, that won't come until I believe August, but he was introduced essentially alongside the rest of the class, including, that included Leroy Smith and, former Oklahoma um, football great Tinker Owens, but it was, it was cool. It, it was cool to see him a, again, just period. I don't know if I've talked to him face-to-face -face ever, uh, despite our allegiance to, to Booker T and the fact that I, I was writing when he was still playing at one time. Um, but it was also hearing him reflect on his time, both as a Hornet and a Cowboy in the nineties uh, the success that he had under uh, several coaches, the difficulty he had under one legendary coach at OSU, Eddie Sutton. Two of them, let's just say the two of them didn't exactly see eye to eye, which is you don't often hear <laughs> of a former Sutton player admit that. Uh, but it, it was it was a very interesting conversation. Anyway, uh, the crux of the, of the column will be sort of arriving like a lot of star athletes do later in life at peace with their career uh, because he, he took a few interesting turns not just getting from Booker T to Oklahoma State with the controversy over uh, did did he not go to OU because Howard Schellenberger really took him to take really told him to take his hat off when he was being recruited to the NFL where he was uh, first round pick of the Niners but didn't play there very long um, to even some things post career so um, I'm looking forward to writing that and I think it'll be a really good read for OSU fans with uh, with nods both to McQuarters as well as Mike Gundy who was very prominent in, in uh, RW's comments yesterday, uh, someone that uh, was a big factor in him going to OSU in the first place. So um, look forward to writing about a fellow Hornet. Hopefully a lot of readers will look forward to, uh, to checking out what, what, uh, what he had to say. All right, Eli, that does it for the week. Uh, I guess we'll see you tomorrow at the, uh, uh, the at Gallagher. I have an, I'll, I'll add a note on recorders. You've got his son joining the program and you've got two sons of another former Cowboy, uh, Elijah and Solomon Wright, sons of Kenyatta Wright. So there's yeah. a bit of a, like a legacy play coming in this this offseason that, that should be fun to cover. Uh, but oh. yes, tomorrow. Yes, be a basketball. Gundy has spoken repeatedly about building a stronger right hey, pipeline yeah. to mm -hmm. alumni and uh, maybe m mending some some fences that have been broken too long with regard to over oversight. I think that's yeah. fair to say when it comes to former players. Maybe the fact that you've got him a quarters and a couple of rights on the roster will help that process along. So we'll see. Anyway, good to see you again, man. We'll uh, we'll talk next week. Thank you very much for tuning in on uh, TulsaWorld.com and for listening via Google, Apple, and Spotify. Uh, have a good week, folks. Uh, enjoy the weather while it's here and stay warm when the cold returns next week.